All right, let's uh, let's get started. Let's go to First Kings chapter seventeen. First Kings chapter seventeen, and we'll continue with the life of Elijah. And uh, we saw we saw in verse one we we talked about the first time he shows up and. Um, I won't cover all that again tonight. It's on Sermon Audio. Brian's been doing a good job, and Chris of getting them put on there. If you've missed any, uh, you could, you'll want to maybe look, listen to those because it builds. But First uh, Kings chapter seventeen, verse one, we dealt with God's protection, and uh, then verse two, I think, all the way through seventeen, we'll deal with God's provision in the life of Elijah. And uh, let's just read tonight. Uh, verse 2 start in verse number 2 here and uh, so he's gone to uh, King Ahab and told him uh, as the Lord thy God liveth before whom I stand no dew no rain three years and we saw how God protected him and he in a time where they were slaying the prophets he walked right out of there unharmed and uh I don't know if it's when he's walking away from there or if he went back to Tish, where he come from, on the other side of Jordan, doesn't tell us. But it says in verse 2 here, And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Verse 3, Get thee hence. This is the first time the Lord we see the Lord talking to him at all. Uh, doesn't ever say that the Lord told him to go say this to Ahab. We kind of dealt with that, but uh, he did it, probably stirred up. But the word comes to him, says, Get thee hence, in verse 3, and turn thee eastward, and hide thyself by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. Verse 4, And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee. What's that word right there? Verse 5, So he went according unto the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith, that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning, and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. It's often fun, isn't it, to, to pray something to God and then you start to feel the effects of those prayers? I mean, you thought about that. His brook dried up because of his prayers. And there's been no rain for three years. Well, you prayed it. Right? But... We'll look at this tonight. Now, a few a simple outline of this is there's the plan in verse two through three, and uh, there's the provision. I think is the next one here. Let me look down here. Or the promise in verse four. We'll look at that tonight, and then the provision in verse five through six. Uh, if anybody wants to take that, and write it down, and I'll try to fill that in a little bit tonight as we go. But we saw last time the plan was this. It said in in verse number two, and the word of the Lord came unto him saying. Now, I, I said this last time, I want you to notice, it doesn't say the will of the Lord came unto him. Right? It says the word of the Lord came unto him. And we looked at that. God leads us to, to, to work on that word there a little bit. God leads us in our life. The Bible says precept upon precept, here a little and there a little. And that's how he's going to lead you in your life because anything else would not be faith. And what Tim was driving at tonight is you got saved by grace through faith. That's how you do everything. 
you, you, you don't, I, I don't want to take away the trying too much because it take, you got to try to stay in there with God, right? To stay in the heavenly place. But what he was saying is true. I asked preacher Dan one time, I called him up and I said, preacher, I said, how do you preach? This was years ago. And he said, Bradford, he said, how'd you get saved? And which is that verse Tim used, right? As you, as you receive Christ, so walk in him. And I said, well, I got saved by faith. He said, you preach the same way. And preaching, some of you men in here that are called to preach, if you get up in that pulpit and you try with all your might, you're going to get in the way of God. But if you'll get up there as a dead man, realizing that you're, you can be dead if you want to be, and you can be raised, and God can possess your reins, then, amen, it'll, it'll change the way you do everything, as he was saying tonight. He did a good job there, Tim did. That's... That's hard to explain that stuff. But always remember, it's still a fight. And you're going to see chapter 6, Tim brought that up, what he brought up. Verse, chapter 7, you'll see that principle is true. But then the problem with sanctification in verse chapter 7 of Romans is this. Paul said, the things I don't want to do, I do. Yeah. And the things that I do want to do, I don't do them. Yeah. So there's still a fight. But here's, remember this, you don't fight for victory. You fight from victory. And that's what Tim was trying to put home today. There's a big difference. You ain't trying to win. You already won. You're fighting from a place of already winning. But anyway, he tells him here. So the word, the word of the Lord came unto him. You're never going to get the will of the Lord all at once. God's only going to. He's going to give you a word here. He's going to come unto you. Like it says in verse 2. And the word of the Lord came unto him saying. That's a blessing. He didn't have to go looking for the word of the Lord. It came to where he was. And it'll come to you in sermons and your reading at the right time. Trust it. And trust God. He, he'll get her done, okay? So the word of the Lord came unto him. And uh, um, we, we said a lot about that. You know, like uh, the, the word, the plan was, was this. He wanted him to go to Cherith. And uh, we thought about this man, how robust he was and what he just accomplished. And uh, that word Cherith means he wants them to go. A word of the Lord came on him saying, get thee hence, verse number three, and turn the eastward and hide. Hide thyself, right? And uh, we saw that he just appeared, and that word hide means to be absent. And I mean, a lot of us, you know, man, I just, I just appeared. Why do you want me to hide? But this is the plan for him in his life. He'd just been successful. And, uh, but God wanted him to go hide. And I think we looked last time at the different men in the Bible that God did the same thing. Well, he does this with everybody in some form or fashion, right? Moses spent uh, 40 years. Paul had his Arabia, even Jesus. I mean, everybody you'll see went through this, this Cherith experience, if you will. But the plan for him was, was Cherith. And uh, uh, let me just try to get over some of this. I'm not repeating myself, you know, from last time. Uh, we talked about when he went to Cherith, the plan was for uh, to be alone there. And that word Cherith uh, was the word cut off or cut down. And uh, F.B. Meyer said this. He said, the man who is to take a high place before his fellows. must, And he's going to at Carmel, right? Yeah. And we talked about last time. We, want to, we don't want to go to Cherith. We want to go to Carmel. Right? right? That's where we all want to get to, right? right? But you can't go to Carmel without going by Cherith. And here's what F.B. Meyer said, the man, the man who is to take a high place before his fellows must take a low place before his God. 
And there is no better manner of bringing a man down than by dropping him suddenly out of a sphere to which he was beginning to think himself essential. Teaching him that he is not at all necessary to God's plan. So here's Elijah. All the prophets are getting killed. He rolls in there, tells them what's up, survives. You know, he probably wants to start a revival. And God said, it's not time to start a revival. I want you to go hide yourself. And I told you commentators said it was to protect him, but he don't need, he protected him at that castle. So I don't believe that at all. There's there's more going on here. And I, again, I think he maybe was going to do like Moses, you know, he, he, he was maybe going to try to deliver the people too early, whatever he's thinking. Um, But God says, Cherith, this is the plan, Cherith, right? And, uh, and it's, He's going to go sit there alone. And I think we talked about being alone last time. It's, it's, hard, it's hard to be alone in this thing and, and, and not be where you want to be. Maybe be stuck somewhere that you think at the time isn't doing any good. And, uh, um, you know, let me, let me read you Proverbs 18.1. Through desire, a man having separated himself... Seeketh and intermeddle with all wisdom. All right. Through desire, a man having separated himself, seeketh and intermeddle with all wisdom. So what God's doing here is he's taking Elijah and separating him from everything and everybody. He's going to give him some solitude in his life. Uh, I think I said last time, Pastor Colson would always teach us, unless there's some love for solitude, there'll be no love for study. And, uh... Again, you gotta, you've gotta, you gotta go to this place. So we talked about him sitting there by this brook. He's got no radio, no television, no Bible, but we talked about the water probably preached to him. The rock probably preached to him. The wind probably had something to say. And, uh, we, we just finished, I think, right about there. And, you know, we talked, most people don't know what to do with this Cherith experience in our age. And, and listen, you've got to, you've got to remember, the whole world system and the devil, especially living in Houston, like I have a little bit of a reference to this coming from the backwoods of Oregon, right? This is, this is the, and I'm not telling you to go, go to the woods because that's not the answer either, right? But most people don't know how to deal with this kind of experience or how, how to even like carve it out. But have you ever thought about this? I was reading Revelations and it says this, Revelations 14.11, right? Talking about the... The beast, and it says this, they have no rest. They have no rest day or night who worship the beast in his image. So if your life is a type of life where you have no rest, I mean, you're getting up and you're, you know, crazy from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed. Now, I understand there's seasons. I'm not, I'm not saying, but I'm saying you have got, you've got. You've got to have some separation, some solitude in your life. You have to. Now, I don't have, however that looks in your life, you know, if you got to go walk along the river or on Spring Creek, that's what I'll go do or whatever. I'll go on a bike ride or study, get my, you know, I talked about those Bose cancellation headphones I put on and the noise cancellation and, you know, poof, the kids are gone. It's a wonderful thing, right? But you've got to have some of this because, I mean, they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image. Sometimes I think we're already worshiping him. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got to redeem the time. 
Yeah. I mean, if you if you let this world run you, you say, we don't understand, I got a job. I understand that, but you're going to have to get in there somewhere and maybe give up something and redeem some time so you can rest Preach. and have some solitude and right. meditate right. and muse. Yeah. How, how you ever going to hear the Spirit say something or the Word of the Lord, verse number 2, and the Word of the Lord came unto him saying, how you ever going to hear that? If you're running crazy all the time. Preach. Are you with me? Yep. You, you gotta. Get up earlier, stay up late, do something. I don't know. I mean, it's... Yeah. I, I'm trying to figure it out myself with, with all these kids and things going on, but you gotta have it. Right. Listen, you, 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 this, I'm talking about the plan. His plan was, for this man of God, I want you to go to Cherith for a while. Because we have to take in from God if we're to give anything to others. There's a story of a man that came to meet C.H. Spurgeon, uh, Charles Spurgeon. And this guy came to his house, which was in his, his office, which was in his house. And he, he knocked on the door and he was a member of the church, of one of, of Spurgeon's church. And he told Spurgeon's wife, he said, I, I, I need to talk to Mr. Spurgeon. And uh, she said, well, I'll be right back. And she shut the door and she went up and uh, tried to tried to talk to her husband, uh, Brother Spurgeon there. But he was right in the middle of communion with God. And uh, he was he was he was sitting there with his Bible open and a notepad. I've heard Brother Dan Metters tell stories about he'd come into Brother Jack's house and and he would come to the house and Yvonne. Is it Yvonne? Yvonne? How did you say? Was it? Wyvon would answer the door, and uh, yeah, he's back here, and you probably Dan tell this, and Dan would go back and open the door, and Brother Jack would be sitting in his chair looking out the window with a yellow pad, and Dan would open the door, and he would come in there, and he said, he said he'd start crying because cause God was in the room, and he would go, preacher, and, and Brother Jack would look at him and go, shh, quiet, Dan. Don't run him off. Right? Like, so so here's, here's Spurgeon communing with God, right? And... Spurgeon told his wife, tell this man that I cannot come down and meet with this man right now. I'm busy. Well, she went down and, and she opened the door and she said, I'm sorry, sir, but Mr. Spurgeon uh, is busy and he can't meet with you right now. And the man said, you go tell Mr. Spurgeon that a child of the king is here to talk with Mr. Spurgeon. So Mrs. Spurgeon shut the door, went upstairs, got her reply and came back down and opened the door. And she said, Mr. Spurgeon would like me to tell you that he is talking with the king himself, so he has no time to come down and deal with one of his children right now. Yeah. And you got to, you got to, you got to have this. Yeah. And, 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 and I think, now listen, he will take a young man or a young woman, and he'll take you through a long season of this where it doesn't seem like you're getting anywhere and... And, 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 but even as you get older, you still got to have this. You got to have this in your life. You're not supposed to go through it one and done, right? Yeah, yeah. You're supposed to learn something from his life and, and keep it. Because you'll see what God does with Elijah is he's in solitude and then he'll appear and then he'll disappear again. And he's in solitude and he'll appear at Carmel and then disappear into the juniper tree for a while. And then he'll reappear. Right, so it's not all it's not all out there in the limelight and all that stuff. So um, I'm trying to say that that F. B. Meyer said this: every saintly soul that would wield great power with men must win it in some hidden cherith. 
A caramel triumph always presupposes a cherith. And a cherith always leads to a caramel. We cannot give out unless we have previously taken in. Now, I remember in my own life when I first got saved and God had called me to preach. And I was on the streets preaching a little bit and maybe preaching in church a little bit. But what God did is he gave me, and it's different with everybody, right? He's a man of like passions. It's going to be similar but not the same for everybody. But God took me and he gave me this little 800 square foot house uh, on Woodstock Avenue, I guess because I used to be a halfway hippie or something. I don't know. But in Portland there. And I, and I would, it was, a, it was, listen, it was looking back. My mom, I was complaining to my mom all the time, you know, man, I want to be doing something for God. And I was never, we're never happy with where we're at. And here's the thing. You're only going to be there once in life. So enjoy where you are. Like, like, like enjoy it. You're there, but it's no mistake. You're there for a reason. So don't despise it. Don't despise it. Like, cause you're learning more than you think you're learning. So I was in this little house, 800 square foot house, and Brother Baker, I'd get up early in the morning, and all I had was a coffee pot, a wood-burning stove, and a, and a cast iron skillet with a lid on it. I mean, it was simple, and, a, and that was my plate, and I had a fork, and I'd get up in the morning to make coffee. I was living by myself, had no television, no radio, and I'd get up and make, grind my beans and make coffee and put a fire in that thing, and I would sit there for two hours before I went to, I would read my Bible and maybe try to memorize verses or read a couple, read a chapter to in a book and I would get that in my mind and then I'd get in my pickup and drive to the construction work site we did concrete and I'd work all day out there with those cussing you know I mean it's you know construction I mean it was rough man and uh, I'd be out there all day long with that stuff and I'd come home from work and I would come home and start to fill up the bath and I would get and I would go back in there and start supper and let it cook get in the bath get out and and eat my supper, then I would sit there and open that Bible back up and read it and maybe read some books until I fell asleep at night. And I did that for eight years. Eight years. And it was one of the best times looking back. I wish I could go back. I wish I could go back. I didn't realize, amen, that I was going to get married and have seven kids and have no peace. So, so don't, don't despise where you are. It's it's a good place. Cherith is a good place. And the devil will tell you it's not, but it's a necessary, it's a needful place. Alright? So, I want you to understand this. Elijah was serving, I think this is what Pastor Farley's been trying to say. Elijah is serving God in private. At Cherith, just as faithfully as he's going to serve him in public later. There's no difference in God's eyes from Cherith and Carmel. Solitude is a place of service. Activity is not a measure of spirituality. Tim was trying to hit on that tonight. And that, that's what sets whatever our crowd is. And the, there's the independent Baptist and then whatever our little crowd is and not... I just throw myself in there with you because I came down here. Dan said you came down here in 2000 and got infected with our doctrine. Yeah, I did. I did. Because I came from the do, do, do crowd. And you don't have to do to be. You have to be so that you can do. Big. It's a big difference the way you come at things. I mean, Jesus was pleasing his father and advancing the kingdom in his 30 years of privacy. You with me? We see him at 12 years old, and he stays back, 
And his parents come back and find him. What's going on? He goes, man, didn't you know I'm supposed to be about my father's business? And then you don't see him from 12 till he's 30 years old where he shows up at John's baptism. Are you trying to tell me that Jesus wasn't pleasing the father and advancing the kingdom and serving his father in those 30, 30 years of private just as much as he was in his three years of public? I know he was because the father said about him, he does always the things that please me. John the Baptist was fulfilling his course all by himself in the desert just as much as when he showed himself to Israel. And I never could get some man to see that. Nowadays, we think staying at Cherith is a waste of time. I'm talking about the plan. This is the plan for him. Here's the plan, Elijah. You just had a great job preaching, good job you went in there, and here's the plan now. I want you to go hide by Cherith. He who waits on God wastes no time. He who waits on God wastes no time. Now, personally, I like the first word God uses in verse 3. Look at this. He says, get. Get. I tell my children that all the time. You better get. You better get out of here and get over there where I told you to get. And what we need to do is we need to learn to hear the Lord's get in our life. Get, God says in verse 3. Now watch. Get and hide thyself. So I want you to notice it's something you got to do yourself. He's he's not going to do it for you. Hide thyself, it says. And... I mean, we could, spend de- we could spend classes on the value in a hidden life for a while. David, David knew this and often expressed this in the book of Psalms. He would say things like Psalm 17, 8. Keep me as the apple of thy eye. Hide me under the shadow of thy wings. Yeah, wings. He says again in Psalms 31, 20. Thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence. From the pride of man, thou shalt keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. So happy the church would be if more men and women came to serve it from their hiding place. Listen, I'm, I'm talking about the plan. God, and, and, and it's, it's always bigger than you think. God is usually working far more out than we ever realize. Because not only is Elijah learning more about himself... Because you're going to sit, you sit in a chair, you'll learn something about yourself, right? You, you'll, 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 you'll just learn a lot about yourself. But at the same time, he's learning about himself and he's learning about God in solitude. At the same time, he's absent from the scene. The drought that he prayed for is doing its work on the people that Elijah is going to later preach to when he comes from his hiding. And had he not waited at Cherith until the time was right, your message to the people that God is going to put in your life will not have what the power on it that you want it to have. Remember the, remember the message I preached when I first got here about the greatness of guidance and how God told that woman to go do all these things and then when she came back at the right time and she came into king's presence the same time that Gehazi was telling that king about her story and how that, how that works out in our life if you'll follow God's leading. He'll put your story and, and all that stuff together at the right time. 
But if Elijah hadn't listened, if the word of the Lord hadn't came unto him saying, get thee and hide thyself a chair. If he had not paid attention to that, because you got a free will, you don't have to listen to it. you got to trust the plan. you got to trust the plan. And I'm still seeing that. You can trust His Word and what He tells you to do and where He tells you to go. I'm trying to say, trust the plan. Trust the plan. So we see the plan here. Now, I'll get off that tonight. Let's move on to the promise in verse number 4. Here's the promise. The plan, go hide at Cherith. Here's the promise. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook. And here's the promise. I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. Now again, this last, this word there is so suggestive. And I'm, I want to, this is going to come up a couple more times. It's very important to see in this verse that Elijah had the promise of water and the promise of food, the promise of God's provision there. Not back at Tish. Not on that side of Jordan. Not by some other brook. Not in some other place that he might prefer. But there and there only. That's huge. Many people say, Lord, I want to do this. And Lord, I'm going to go there. So bless me. But where the real blessings come from are at God's theirs. And I think I said this last time. But that there... It'll probably cost you some family, some friends. It may, it may affect your finances. But what is going to flourish there, his theirs. Listen, don't pick. Let him pick for you. Your picker's broke. Your picker is broke. You, your faith will flourish in his theirs. Because I said this before, God has a there for you. And the food that he wants to feed you there is prepared for you. It's prepared for you. I cannot, I cannot, I cannot overestimate that value of God's there in your life. Are you there? Are you there? I think I told you last time about God left me in a church. I knew he wanted me there and it made no sense to me at all why I was there, but I didn't, I was, I, I was smart enough or maybe stupid enough, however you want to look at it, to not leave that there until he told me. And, and, and man, everybody else was leaving. And I remember going through the thing that Elijah probably went through here. And I'm like, Lord, did you forget about me? Right? But I'll never forget. I'll never forget. One Wednesday night, I came home before church and I had about an hour. So I was like, well, I was already ready to go. I'm going to read my Bible. And, and I actually came on the story of Elijah. And it said, how long halt you between two opinions? And I knew God was saying, it's time for you to leave here. I'm going to change your there, which we'll see will happen here. He'll do that in your life. And I, and I went from here to there. Because if I would have stayed there, it's, still, it's no good for me. I'm fighting that right now with Juniper Canyon. Like I'm getting some trouble from people. But listen, I, I, I was told, if I was to stay somewhere that God didn't want me, it would, he would rot that thing down. He would rot that thing down. So you got to be there. Now let me give me just give you a couple ideas here. There, God's theirs. Like I could say tonight, it's there's an, uh, there's a place of salvation. 
And I'm guessing everyone here tonight is saved, but ha have you been there? Yes, sir. The Bible says, and when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. Have you been there? Yes. It's a it's a place it's a place of separation and solitude in our text. Right? Is God are you there? There is where he's going to provide. Um, it, it, could be, it's, it could be a sanctuary. Exodus 29, 43 says, In there, speaking about the tabernacle, the tent, the sanctuary, In there, I will meet with the children of Israel, and the tabernacle shall be sanctified by my glory. Are you faithful there? Are you faithful there? I was talking to Miss Sandy a little earlier today, and she's like, man, I live out in Conroe, and there's churches out there. She said, and we tried that. She goes, but I just, I've been back to Shady Acres and I'm not going anywhere else. I'm telling you, I mean, there is a there in your life. Right. I, I, man, I, I really believe it. There, there'll be a, that there will have to do with spirit feeling. Listen, listen to this, Ezekiel 3.24. And the hand of the Lord was there upon me. Not anywhere else, but there. And he said unto me, Arise, go forth into the plain, and I will there talk with thee. Then I arose and went forth into the plain, and behold, the glory of the Lord stood there, and the Spirit entered into me. It's a place of speaking. God told Joseph in Matthew 2.13, Be thou there until I bring thee word. You I mean, he said, do not go anywhere else. Stay there until I bring thee word. Listen, and again, this is, this is how God works. In my mind, it's God's way. Um, um, this is how, this is, this is, I believe this is part of walking in the spirit that Tim was talking about. I mean, to me, walking in the spirit of is, is, is God is going to say things to you in your life. And you're going to have to trust the plan, trust what he says to you. And then, amen, it, uh, he, it's, a, it's a human response to a divine revelation. He reveals to you, I want you to do this, and you have to respond to it. You have, you have a choice. But when you respond to that, that's, God blesses that because you're walking by faith. Does that make any sense? So there's the plan, and then the promise is, if you'll, if you'll go there, that's what I'm going to provide for you. And then there's the provision in verse 5 through 6. All right, we see the provision in verse 5 through 6. And we already read it, so I won't read it. But it says here that, and Elijah dwelt, as Elijah dwelt there, verse 5, that word dwelt, if you look at, so he went and did according unto the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. That word dwelt there literally means to sit down. So he just, that, and again, this just goes into what Tim was talking about tonight. Some people need to quit. That's what some people knew is, is just quit doing and sit down. Has anybody ever read, uh, if you haven't read the book by Watchman Nee, it's a little thin book on Ephesians. It's called, it's called Sit, Walk, Stand. And if you've never read, read that, read it. It's a quick read. You read it in a day. But the premise is what Tim was teaching tonight is you've got to sit down. You've got to sit before you can ever walk. And he brings up all those verses, how we're seated at the right hand of God, we're seated in heavenly places, and you gotta sit before you'll ever walk or stand. And this is what he's saying, dwell there, sit down there. I mean, tarry in Jerusalem until you be endued from power from on high. You don't wanna leave, you're there. 
You don't want to do that, right? So he dwelt there. Verse number six says this, and the ravens brought him bread. Here's the provision. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook. Ravens. Man, I was reading some commentaries today and these guys tried to make it. All these, all these educated idiots tried to say that it wasn't really ravens. That word ravens means Syrians. That, so some Syrian men came and fed him there. Don't listen to those educated idiots. I mean, they did everything to do away with this, which makes me just want to camp on it even more. But the word ravens in verse 6, so just as we saw in the man Elijah that God won't, remember how we saw when we started with life Elijah that God won't always use uh, who people think he should use, right? He went and got Elijah from out of the land of the promised land and brought him in there. And he'll do that sometimes in, in life, but just like he won't always use somebody that you think he uses, God also will use some things in your life that you don't think or expect him to use, like, a, like this dirty Levitical bird. Because you got the Bible on it, right, in the Old Testament, that a raven's a dirty bird. So you've got to be careful. Let me, I don't know how I want to say this. You've got to be careful in this thing to not get so close-minded or maybe I would say small-minded that you base everything off your knowledge of the Scripture. Now, and I mean your knowledge. Right? Because in, in, you, he had Bible on it, right? Lord, Not so, Lord. Right? This raven is a dirty bird. I can't take food off of that. Well, you can die then, I guess. Right? But I mean, I think about Peter. Here's Peter in the book of Acts, right? And God is trying to lead these men... He, these men had just followed Jesus Christ, right? And Christ has died and went to the Father. And He said, I'm going to send you another, right? A, another, a comforter, right? And I think Jesus tried to teach them to walk and follow Him in the flesh so that when He left, they would learn how to follow the Spirit the same way that they followed Him. Okay? And Peter is at Cornelius' house, and the sheet comes down, Remember? And it's unclean beasts and forfeited things. And God says, the Spirit of God says to Peter, rise, kill, and eat. And Peter says, not so, Lord. Because yeah. I know the Bible. And those are unclean animals. And my lips have never done that. And the Lord said, man, Peter. So he sends it down again, right? And Peter says, not so, Lord. I mean, if Peter would had been willing to give up his knowledge or the way he was viewing the Bible, he never would have been able to be led by the Spirit to the Gentiles, to Cornelius' house. And there are a lot of guys, I meet guys like that all the time. They have learned some doctrine or they've learned some things. And brother, they will never, they will not expand that knowledge. They will not let God teach them. Because I guess they figure they got it, know, they know it all. I mean, Paul said he's not attained, but they got it figured out. I mean, I think, I, I think I've told you before, Brother Wood, I heard him say on the tape one time, he's going to write a book after everything he learned after 60 that he thought he already knew. And he said it's going to be a big one. So you gotta, you got to not get closed mind to wait. God's going to come and deal with you and challenge your, your doctrine. And challenge your beliefs at a cherith. So he brings these, these ravens. He uses this dirty Levitical bird. It wasn't Syrians, amen. It was ravens. And he begins to feed him with these dirty Levitical birds. And if you're not careful, you'll have contempt for what and how God is trying to feed you in your life. 
or what he's trying to do with you. Now, verse 7 shows me that one of the hardest things about being there, verse 7, if you look at it, we, we read it there. Verse 7 says this, and it came to pass after a while that the brook what? Now, that's, that's one of the challenges about being there. Sometimes you got to sit by a drying brook. Now think about him sitting there, all right? right. Cherith begins to sing less cheerfully. I mean, it's probably going pretty good when you got water and meat. And, but now we've been alone for a while now. Yeah. And uh, the flesh would probably want to leave. And the flesh would probably be fed of the Lord to leave, especially if you're watching that water go away. Right? And every day, he's, it's still his there. Each day that water, there's a visible decrease in its stream. And its voice, its gurgling voice is getting fainter. And now, all of a sudden, the bed of stones is being revealed. And it dries up. That's what it said there in verse 7. And the brook dried up. It's gone. That's tough. Right? Well, it must be the Lord's will that I leave. Well, he hadn't come and said anything to him, right? See, I, I don't know how you are, but I, do you trust God enough to come and tell you when it's time to do something? I was... I. I I will not leave one place for another. I've always done my Christian life this way, but I will not leave one. I've always said no light is light to do nothing. Yeah, sure. And I am not going to leave one place for another or one calling or one thing until I have enough evidence. I know it's going to be by faith, right? I know that. I understand that. It's always got to be by faith because that's the only thing that matters with God. Nothing else matters. That's what Tim was saying tonight. You can't, you don't feel it, you faith it. Right? You believe God. But, um, man, I'm telling you, man, God is big enough to let you know. Um, he's going to give you enough substance, enough evidence. He's going to lead you. So, I mean, he's sitting here. It'd be rough. I mean, I'm trying to put my mind today to it. Looks like the provisions are going away from a fleshly point of view. John Kittle said this. It, it's such a slow process. That tries faith most of all. Get this, all right? It's, it's such slow processes right here that we're watching that try faith most of all. He said, many possess the faith for sudden great heroic deeds. But oh, to maintain faith unshaken in the midst of slow trials such as these. What do you think, what do you think Elijah think? You think, did you think maybe, man, I wonder if God's forgotten me. You ever feel that way? I wonder if God forgot me. I wonder if he started making plans for himself. That would have been human, don't you think? But as far as I can tell, Elijah waited quietly for God. He quieted himself as a weaned child. And he's saying, my soul, like David used to say, wait thou only upon God, for my expectation is from him. Many of God's people have had to sit by a drying brook. 
you could be sitting by one tonight. I don't know, I'm not in your shoes. It could be like a drying brook of popularity that's ebbing away from you like John the Baptist. He had to decrease so that Christ could increase. It could be, it could be your strength. It could be health drying up, finances, friendships, I mean, reputation. Sometimes, sometimes before God can do something, He'll just wreck your reputation. I mean, it's just, it's, there's no telling what he might do, but can you trust him in all that? Now, see, and here's the thing. He comes, we, we watch him go here in the flesh. Here's what we do. I mean, we watch him come down out of Tish and we watch him go into King Ahab and stick his finger in his face and say, no do, no rain, three years. And we in the flesh, especially if you've got a call to preach something, you're like, yeah. yeah. But I'm going to tell you something. It's harder to sit by a giant brook than it is to walk into the past, into the castle and face King Ahab. Yeah, yeah. It's harder. They both take faith, but this gets tough right here. Yeah. yeah. This gets real tough. Real tough. Amen. So I don't know why... why why does God do this? Why does, why does God let this thing dry up? Possibly it's to teach him or us not to trust in anything. You know, some, the Bible says some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. And I think part of it is he's, he's going to move him here in a little bit. But I mean, it's dried up, brother, right now. I don't know how many days he went without water. And here's what you've got to think of. There's a drought in the land. So when he leaves here in a little bit and heads to Zarephath, which is like, uh, I think it's 60 miles or 80 miles away, there ain't no water in the land between where he's at and Zarephath. And he's got to, you know, Man, it's, it's hard sometimes to shut that mind off, isn't it? So it's going to take a special faith. It's going to take a strong faith to keep watching that brook dry up day by day, yet still trust God. But what we're going to see here is God always has other things in place. You've got to trust that. When it comes to His provision. And sometimes you're, like, you're going through something right now, maybe, and, and it feels like God's drying something up. But it's only by maybe drying something up that he continues to move us and get us somewhere else. I mean, and I think about this man tonight. What an experience of God's provision he'd just gone through. If he'd never gone to Cherith, right? We don't want to go there. But if he'd never gone to Cherith, he'd never saw that what God has promised he will perform. Right? God said, you're going to go there and I'm going to take care of you. And he did. And he watched such things like ravens that ravens, I don't know, ravens never have enough food. I mean, I watch them all the time where I'm from and down here. They're always up there looking, right? They never have enough food. The, the ravens that lack and suffer hunger themselves are obeying the word of God and bringing bread and flesh to him every morning and every evening. Yep. There. He, he got to see that with his own eyes, right? And now surely, think about this Cherith, surely this establishing this man, settling this man and strengthening this man in the faith of God. It's showing Elijah that God can provide 
that God can have control over all things. And this is something he's going to need down the road. And just think with me about the progression of these verses. And just probably all we got time for tonight, we'll get to the Zarephath when he the next part of his provision here. But think with this just real quick tonight. And think about our own lives. If if Elijah hadn't followed God's plan, and I'm telling you, listen, God's got a plan. He's got a plan for everybody. Man, I was talking to Preacher Dan, Brian and I were over there today talking to Preacher Dan yesterday and Preacher Dan and we're sitting there and we're talking and he's just like, man, I don't know what I'd be. I don't know where I'd be without God. I'm like, man, I hear you. Like, I had no purpose. I had no purpose in life. No direction. Just stumbling through this thing. And just, and I mean, and then God saved me and then it's like he puts, he puts up, I'm telling you, he, he starts, he, he starts to affect a plan in your life. It's just that most people don't have enough faith to just wait for the word of the Lord to come unto them there and hear it and respond to it, whatever, maybe just sit there and trust it. But listen to this, listen, he's got a plan, but if Elijah hadn't followed God's plan and had confidence in God's promise, he never would have seen God's provision in this miraculous way. And he never would have learned these lessons about how God works, possibly even different than his understanding. You know, I don't understand, man, why God's using this dirty Levitical bird. Man, I thought that these things were dirty and God couldn't do this. But God's, I'm seeing God can do whatever he wants, how he wants, when he wants. I mean, that just opens up a whole, I mean, he's, he's changing him. F.B. Meyer said, all things serve the soul that serves God. And you see this whole thing played out again in verse number 8 through 9. Let's just read this tonight and we'll quit. But look at verse 8 through 9. Now watch this. Now he doesn't move until, look at verse 8. Look what happens again. And the word of the Lord came unto him. It's just like, I mean, that's a complete copy of verse 2. Yeah. Yeah. Brother, sister, I don't know. If you're at your there, hold Hold, you know, like just, just hold. Because the word of the Lord's going to come to you and say something. So it comes to him again in verse number eight, and it'll come at the right time. Trust the plan. Verse, I'm telling you, I think God, I think God is just, you know, when Jesus comes back, will he find faith on earth? I think God loves it when he sees, he don't miss nothing. It's nothing's in vain. When he sees one of his children by faith, because that's all that matters is faith. That's it. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Yeah. He that cometh to God must believe that he is, and he's a reward of them that diligently seek him. Right? Yeah. The whole, he comes, and when he sees one of his men, women, children by faith going, I'm not going to move God until you. T-. I think God, he loves that. Right. He loves it. He's not going to forget. He he's not going to forget you. Right. So the word of the Lord comes unto him. And at verse number 9 says, Arise and get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, to Zidon, and dwell where? So he changes his there. And behold, it's the same thing, Notch. Behold, I've commanded a widow woman where? There. His, sustain, his sustaining is going to come to this new there. 
Can't stay by the brook no more. Ain't no more water. No raven's going to bring nothing, right? And uh, so he went to Zarephath and came to the gate of the city and this widow woman's there and gathering up sticks. And we'll get into this next time, but I bet he thought in his mind. I bet he thought in his mind, Jack. I don't know. But he thought, man, I'm finally away from Cherith. Man, he's going to send me to this widow woman in Zarephath and she's going to have all this food and all this water. Man, and he goes there and he gets there and he finds her and we all know the story, right? What's she doing? She goes, I ain't got nothing. Matter of fact, I'm picking up two sticks because all I got is a little bit of this and my boy and I are going to eat it and die. But, but think about Elijah. He's preparing him. I'm telling you, he's, he, the same way he works with him is how he's working with us right now. Because he's going to get there and the devil's going to say, man, you're an idiot. You're an idiot. You're going to die right along with her thinking God said something to you and following what God said. Look at you now. Right? But he doesn't waver and goes in there and the, the barrel and the cruise fails not. Can you see him? Can you see him learning about God's provision in his life? Yeah. And trust in the plan? Yeah. And sticking to what he tells him to do? And I'm telling you, we're going to see this later. This is what makes him this is what makes him a man of God. He's not there yet. But this is what's going to make him it's going to make him into a man of God. So hold you there. If you're not there, get there. All right, Father, pray that you bless. Lord, I know these are simple truths, but I know, I know that they're very, very important. So, Lord, I pray you bless the study in the life of Elijah as we go through it. I pray you'd make it real and speak to our hearts and show us, Lord, that how you handled this man, Lord, is a picture of how you handle all men and women that are yours. Help us to trust you, Lord. That your word can find us wherever we're at. At any time, at the right time, you can come and say something to us, Lord. And Lord, help us to depend on that and trust that with all that we have within us. Pray that you get us home safe tonight. Thank you for the good lesson by Tim. And Father, just bless all that was said and done here tonight. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.